My friends, today, July 25th, 2014, it's been exactly two weeks since what I might think is or what I might consider to be one of the most exciting nights of my life, or at least it's it's up there as one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. Yes, July 11th, 2014 was the night of the reception for the anthology Face-Off at the Thriller Fest convention in New York City. And as you know, um, and as we talked about over the last couple months, um, my wife and I have been invited to the reception as the guest of Steve Barry, and knowing that I would have the opportunity to hopefully meet some of the authors, if not all the authors in the Face-Off book, I wanted to make sure that I was brushed up and ready to discuss with them everything about their characters, or at least have some sort of a idea or understanding of who those characters were. And as we talked over time, I, I did a pretty good job, I think. I, I, I think I really did get... Um, most of those authors read um, separate and apart from the face-off anthology and so when we got to the event I was ready now what I can tell you is um, I didn't really come prepared with anything specific I certainly hadn't given any thought to what I was going to have people sign if I was going to have people sign it sign anything at all Um, I certainly could have brought the face-off book with me but for whatever reason it just didn't I don't know, it didn't occur to me. I'm not really big on getting books signed because you get a book signed and then the book just sits on your shelf and you don't open it ever again and you look at it and say, oh yeah, that's that's the book I got signed. But it doesn't really have much of a, I don't know, what do you do with a book that's signed? You put it on your bookshelf. So I didn't really have much of an interest in getting the book signed. But I wanted something that maybe I could flip through, look at um, as a reminder of the event. Also, I kind of thought that if you have everybody sign the same book, there's really not a lot of room for everybody. And look, I wanted to see if I could get some of these authors to personalize something. So what I decided was, and I decided this like an hour before the event, we went to a Barnes & Noble, and I got myself a journal. And it's one of those hardbound journals with a weird little rubber band thing that, that uh, keeps it closed. And in fact, it's like a, a grid paper. Um you know, maybe five by seven size, wherever it is. And my thought was that I was going to have these authors sign this book, and then I was going to take pictures of them, hopefully pictures of them with me. And then I was going to put the picture on the opposite side of where their signature was. And then I could have this book that I could flip through and I could look at and have the pictures and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I did. So I, I, I brought this book with me. Now, the event was supposed to start at whatever time. I don't even remember. Was it seven o'clock, six o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever it was? 6.30. I'm looking at the schedule right here. 6.30. Now, if you recall, um, we'd only been invited to the reception. We didn't get invited to any other aspect of the Thriller Fest convention. So we actually had to buy tickets to um, whichever day or days that we wanted to go to. And in fact, it was quite a few days. Um, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So a good four days. And a lot of the uh, focus of the convention on the earlier days was on the the craft of writing. Um, there was a, a opportunity for burgeoning authors to pitch their ideas to um, agents or um, writers' workshops where they could work more intimately with the authors to hone their craft, things like that. And that really wasn't something that my wife and I were interested in because neither of us are particularly interested in. Well, look, we'd all like to write a book at some point, but this isn't something that she or I have on the horizon that's looming. So instead of going and and paying the money for those extra days of the convention, we decided that we were going to sightsee for a few of those days ahead of time, go to the reception that Friday night, and then on Saturday, um, we would spend the day at the convention and and see some of the panels where they had, you know, between four and five different authors with a moderator discussing different types of, of topics and things like that. 
So we get to the event and we're a little early. The cool thing about the Thriller Fest and the, the convention was Barnes & Noble had set up a an in-house bookstore. And they had all kinds of books. Lots of books by by the authors that were present. Lots of books by that were published by publishers who had sponsored the event. And so we were able to go to the bookstore, quote-unquote, uh, prior to the reception event. And it turned out that that's also the same area where the authors were signing. Interestingly enough, all of the authors who were on those panels, they were available for signings at certain times during the day. And so it was a, a you know, like a right around lunchtime, and then in the afternoon, the authors, if they were on the morning panel, they were available at lunch. If they were on the afternoon panels, they were available in the afternoon for signings. So they had all these tables set up with these little placards of their the authors' names, and you could just go up and get their, their things, whatever you wanted, signed. So we got to the event a little early, and we went to check out the bookstore, and first off when we check in they're very very happy to hear that we're there they're excited to see us we're steve barry's guests and i think he had six or seven of us there and we get this bag and it's this huge canvas bag and it's full of books and it's got steve barry's latest book the lincoln myth and hardcover it's got all kinds of other books and in fact amy and i had different books in our bags, so we ended up with whatever it was 10 different books just amongst the two of us that night so here we are schlepping these books don't know what to do with them, can't put them down anywhere. And it was a, you know, a nice event. So it was dress somewhat formally. Um, I wore a suit with a with no tie, and Amy wore a nice, um, nice pants and a shirt. So it was a dress up. And here I am carrying here we are carrying this canvas bag over our, our shoulders, as we're, you know, walking around the event and walking through the um, through the reception. So anyways, we pick up these bags as we check in, and we go into the bookstore, and we look around, and it's really the the signing phase of the afternoon is truly winding down, because there's not a lot of people there, and I think a lot of the authors and a lot of the patrons of the event were getting ready to go to the, go to the face-off uh, reception if they bought a ticket to go or if they were invited. There were a lot of people who didn't go to the reception, weren't invited, and so they were just patrons of the other days of the convention, but they weren't allowed to go to this really cool event. So as we're standing there in the bookstore and, and looking at the books and, and I turn to the, my right and I see where all the authors are sitting and Michael Connolly is sitting there all by himself. And earlier, uh, I, I passed up or I missed an opportunity to, to talk to Lee Child, the creator of Jack Reacher and the author of the Jack Reacher books, just by a weird... Um, a weird coincidence, the Thriller Fest convention had put on an event uh, on like a Thursday or Friday. I think, it, no, may have been that Wednesday that we got in. Wednesday at like noon or 11 o'clock or whatever it was, some little event uh, in a park that happened to be right next to or right near down the street from the hotel we were staying at. So as my wife and I are stra straggling back to the hotel after the red-eye flight and the room wasn't available and you know staggering around Times square and and surrounding areas you know looking for food bleary-eyed at eight o'clock in the morning we're finally headed back to the hotel at about 11 o'clock and as we're crossing the street lee child walks right by me and instead of stopping him instead of saying oh you know mr child i'm looking forward to me nothing like that instead of that i start you know whispering to amy 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 stop you see that as you see that is and of course, by the time she turns around, Lee Child has already disappeared across the street and into the park, and I've missed my opportunity. So I'm conscious of the fact that I might only get one 
opportunity to see some of these people. Certainly, the opportunity to go up to Michael Connolly when there's nobody else around was something that I couldn't pass up. I've met Michael Connolly a couple other times. I met him at a book signing quite a few years ago where there were, you know, a good 100 or 200 people. I've met him at the LA Times Festival of Books once or twice where the line to get a signature is, you know, around the block and you don't really have an opportunity to say much of anything. And you, my 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 friends, you know that Michael Connolly is to me the number one. He's he's my absolute favorite. He's the one I drop everything. Book comes out, got to read it the day it comes out, and to to actually have an opportunity to say something to him more than just can you sign this? Thank you. Um, I I wanted to do it, and there was a little bit of a time issue because the reception for Face Off was starting fairly soon, and I know he needed to get to that, but I couldn't pass it up, and so. Um, so we went over, and um, he was sitting there, and there was a gentleman, I guess, who was helping him. And I said, um, you know, Mr. Connolly, may I have your autograph or whatever it is? And he says, sure, no problem, absolutely. And so as he's signing, I, I, and he's left-handed, I say to him, you know, Mr. Connolly, it, it, it would not be an overstatement for me to say that you are my absolute favorite author. And he says, well, thank you. And I said, and, and I'm sure you hear that a lot. I mean, you've probably heard it a million times. And he stops what he's doing, and he looks at me, and he says, I never get tired of hearing it. And I thought, like, there, I was like, you know, this is this is not just, you know, these guys aren't, hopefully, they're not prima donnas. That, that Michael Connolly, not a prima donna. He took the time, said thank you. And then, of course, he signed the book, and then he took pictures with, with Amy and I. And what's what's nice, he, he said in the book, and I'll read you what it says. It says, to Rob, good to meet you. All the best from Mickey, Harry, and me. Obviously, we're talking about Mickey Haller, Harry Bosch, and, and him. Um, cheers, Michael Connolly. So I was very, very excited about that. And, and he had to go to um, he had to go to the event, and he was being ushered out, so we, we let him go. But um, truly a, a thrill. And, and it was just, that was the beginning of a night of thrills. Because after Michael Connolly right then we walked to the table right next to it um and it's david morell and if you've you've been listening from the beginning you know david morell wrote the book uh, murder is a fine art that i had read and we talked about a while ago and um which i enjoyed and i think i've mentioned it i i think after i first read it i had one reaction to it but as time has gone on i i think it's really kind of seeped into my library in my mind of of really enjoyable experiences and I think I've I like I like it more now that I've had a chance to compare it to other books and think about it a little bit more and so having read that um, and David Morell actually is one of the co-founders I believe of the um, international thriller writers that puts on the thriller fest event I had to go say something uh, I mean aside from the fact that he's the creator of one of the most iconic characters in film history uh, he created Rambo I mean, he wrote the book First Blood, um, on which Rambo, the First Blood, Rambo Three, Rambo Four, whatever it is, um, we're all we're all based. So, um, definitely wanted to make a an op- make a, a chance to to say hello to him, and ended up talking to him for a good couple of minutes. We talked about murders of fine art. We talked about something that he got to do, which I was truly en- envious of. Um, he described his ex- his his experience writing murders of fine art as being able to immerse himself in Victorian England for the period of two years, where he had maps of Victorian England on his wall, and and all of his research and all of his readings was focused on that for the purpose of writing Murders of Fine Art. And what 
um, is going to be a, a follow-up because there is a, a follow-up book coming out called Inspector of the Dead, which unfortunately we have to wait until next March. Um, but so uh, having the opportunity to talk to him, hearing about his stories of, of the making of the film First Blood and, and Rambo 3 on the set and the story of, of John Rambo, the character, um, really, really entertaining, engaging, ex- and, and enthusiastic guy. And um, so when he signed my book, he, he signed two Rob Best Wishes from Rambo's father, and he dated it July 11, 2004, Thriller Fest. And he seemed to get just as much excitement out of being there as, as we did. And I thought that was really, really kind of cool. Interestingly enough, a lot of these authors are fans of each other. So at, at certain points during the night, while we were standing waiting to get an author's um, signature, another author was waiting in the same line. And with David Morrell, um, the author Raymond Corey, who had one of the... Um, stories and face-off. He as well was waiting to get David Morrell's signature, and they talked about the making of this movie, Rambo, one of the Rambos, or First Blood, I don't remember which it was. And so just Amy and I being able to stand there watching these two masters of their craft talk about, you know, being fans of each other and, and the the process of having your, your story or your book adapted into a film uh, was really kind of exciting. Um, very, very interesting and, and an enjoyable experience, and one that you know, we were the fly on the wall at that point. Um, so very cool. So we leave the uh, the bookstore because now by that point there was nobody left, and we go upstairs to where the reception for Face Off is going to be. And of course, it's supposed to start at six thirty, and they've got the doors closed and closed, and people are milling around outside. Now everybody had on some sort of a badge. So you couldn't really tell who the authors were and who the fans were because everybody was wearing this badge that just had their name on it. And somehow or other on the badge, it indicated which of the events you were going to, which of the days of the program you would purchase tickets to, which of the events you were entitled to go to for the receptions and things like that. So as we're standing around outside waiting for the doors to open, I see um, Joseph Finder uh, walk by. And I only knew that because I saw it on his name tag I wouldn't recognize this guy otherwise. So what's interesting is that before we went away, um, I like to try and do my best to time my reading so that I finish a book right before I leave. Because I don't really like bringing a book with me where I'm halfway through it, because that means I would have to bring another book or two. But unfortunately, I didn't quite do it the right way this time. Because I had finished uh, the first Roy Grace book by Peter James called uh, Dead Simple. And... I finished it a couple days before we left, and so I had a couple days to fill of reading, and I really couldn't figure out what to what to read. I was waiting for the second Roy Grace book, Looking Good Dead, to come in the mail, and I was hoping that it would come before I left so I could take it with me on the trip, but it hadn't come, and I needed to find something else. So I was looking through my to-be-read file, really couldn't figure out what I wanted to, to read, and I settled on Vanished by Joseph Finder. And Joseph Finder's character in Vanished is the character that was in um, the face-off story which Joseph Finder wrote with Lee Child, and it was um, Joseph Finder's character of Nick Heller. And I had purchased it just a week before, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to read it, I wasn't sure when I wanted to read it, but I figured it was easy, it looked like it was fast reading, short chapters, I think it was four or five hundred pages, but nevertheless, I decided I was going to bring it with me. And I ended up powering through a good 100, 150 pages of it before we left. And so that was the book that I brought with me um, for the trip. Surprisingly, while we were in New York, neither Amy or I read a whole lot at all because we were up early and we were home late. 
uh, or at least back to the hotel late. And we drank a lot, and we just weren't really in the mood to sit around and read. So anyways, we get to the outside the reception, and Joseph Fender walks by, and outside the, the door to get into the actual reception room was a poster, uh, or a, a, a billboard um, on an easel, for the Face-Off book, and it had a cover, the cover of Face-Off, and it had the listing of all the authors. Uh, I take that back. It was a, um, it was a, uh, a bill, a poster billboard, and in the middle it said Thriller Fest 2014, something along those lines. And it had pictures of all of the Face-Off authors um, on the border of the poster. So Joseph Fender stops and he's looking at it, and I, I say, I can't pass up this opportunity. So I walk up behind him and I take my right hand and I place it on his right shoulder. And I say, and this is what ended up being my, my mantra for the rest of the evening, because I said it to everybody. I said, you know, the great thing about this book is that if you're familiar with some of the authors, but not all of them, it gives you an opportunity to learn about some of these other authors that you hadn't read before. And whereas I'd read a lot of the authors already, there were some I hadn't read before. And because I enjoyed the writing styles and I enjoyed the characters, now it's an opportunity for me to learn more about those authors and read more. And interestingly enough, I'm halfway through Vanished, your book, um, right now. I brought it with me. And he turns around and he says, wow, that's that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. That's terrific. We talked a little bit about the, the process of writing the story, and I, I joked about the fact that uh, I wasn't going to hold it against him that Nick Heller was a Boston Red Sox fan. And he says, oh, are you a Yankee fan? I said, no, 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 but, you know, uh, Jack Reacher's a, a Yankee fan, and, and Nick Heller was a Red Sox fan, and in their story, they, they quote-unquote bond over a Yankee-Red Sox baseball game. So anyways, I, I tell him that I was you know, really interested and excited to meet him. And I really enjoyed the book. I enjoyed Face Off, and I was enjoying Vanished. And would he sign my book? Absolutely. Took a picture, and his, his uh, inscription in my book is, For Rob, thanks for giving Nick Heller a chance. All the best, Joseph Fender. So that was great, because apparently at the end of the day, he was not feeling well uh, and didn't make it the next day to any of the panels. Um, and I don't believe he showed up for... Um, any of the other um, the events during the, the Thriller Fest festivities. So finally, they let us into this room, and it's, a, a, it's two small banquet rooms that have a divider that the divider's open, so it's you know, two of them that are connected. And I'd say it's maybe 100, 100 feet across um, and 100 feet deep, maybe something like that. And around the, the perimeter of the, uh, of the banquet rooms are these little circular tables with a chair on, on, with two chairs, one on opposite side. One chair which backs up against the wall and the other chair facing, um, facing the table. And you see on each of these tears, on each of these chairs, it's, there's a, you know, a, a, a placard for each of the authors. And all of the authors' names are there. You name it, their name's on there. Michael Connolly. Linwood Barclay, Lee Child, Linda Fairstein, Heather Graham, Peter James, Jeffrey Deaver, they're all there. But nobody sat down yet. So we were amongst the first ones in, and yes, we have the right badge, so they're going to let us in. And so Amy and I walk in, and the first thing we do is we're, we're still carrying these canvas bags. What are we going to do with these canvas bags? Should we put them down? Should we put them on a table? We don't want anybody walking off with them, that kind of thing. So we elected to just carry them. 
And we thought that the first thing we should do would be to go find Steve Barry and thank him for for letting us be his guests because really this was his event. Um, this was an opportunity that of a lifetime for us. I mean, we made a whole trip out of it just because Amy won his contest. And we wanted to, to thank him. But he was the chairman of this event. You know, Face Off was his book, so the, the reception was sort of like his baby. And so he was still running around making preparations and trying to get everything settled. And as we're walking around, I see... Um, on the name tags, I wouldn't know what he looks like. I see Linwood Barclay, and if you've been listening, you know we read, Philip and I read one, and, and obviously we've both read two of his books. So I, obviously, obviously again, uh, I want to go say hello and and, and um, get a signature and, and talk a minute. So I, I find him, uh, you know, because he just walked by, and I say, can I uh, you know, stop you for a second? And I gave the whole same spiel, the same spiel about, face-off book and great opportunity and i said that i've actually i've read a couple of his books and i really enjoyed them and he says oh well that's fantastic and i said but i gotta tell you i've noticed at least in my interpretation of it that there's a very strong hitchcock influence in your writing and he pauses and he gives us you know kind of leering smile and he says oh i love hitchcock oh yes he says i i have one book i wrote called trust your eyes which i told him i i have on my bookshelf i haven't read yet he says and it received so many comparisons to rear window and i was just flattered by that great can i have your signature can i have a picture yes 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 you know to rob with best wishes Linwood barclay and and off we were running again so we finally found steve barry and um he said, you know, we should we should really thank you. This great opportunity, yada yada. You know, Amy, I'm a huge fan, and because we won this 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 prize, now my husband's starting to read. I've been trying to get him to read these books forever. Um, very very nice, very very gracious. Signed the book. Great to meet you. Signed the picture or uh, took the picture, and um, and off we were again. Now. The cool thing about uh, another cool thing about it was the reception. We got two free uh, two free drinks, um, so Amy and I partook of those drinks, um, which was uh, which was nice. Uh, look, you get a, a Jim Beam on the rocks, and um, and you get a uh, um, I don't know. They had some special drink just for the face off event. I don't know what it was, bourbon and Southern Comfort or whatever it was. I'm not sure, but it ended up being good. It just there just wasn't enough of it. And, and now we're, we're walking around the room because the event, I guess, had started, but the authors hadn't really gone to their, their tables yet, and it really wasn't clear if they were supposed to be at their tables or if they were supposed to be walking around. And I saw a couple of people. I saw Peter James, and I saw Michael Connolly kind of set up at a, a, a stand-up table drinking and you know eating some of the snacks and stuff. So I wasn't sure if it was okay to go interrupt them or we were supposed to, you know, wait for them to go sit down there really was no rhyme or reason or rules as to how we were supposed to proceed and frankly i wasn't gonna let the time go by if there was an opportunity so i wanted to get in if there was somebody i saw i was going to stop them i was going to get a signature i was going to get a picture and and i i think that i accomplished all of that i i really do um unfortunately i can't see what some of these signatures are i just don't recognize them anymore and, and and some of the authors they they got creative. Some of them just signed their name. Hi, can I have my book signed? A picture, great. Raymond Corey just signed his name. That was it. Some of them got much more creative. Some of them really did take the time to write something specific. 
um, I got John Lesquois, who drew a picture of himself. And, and it's this basically egg-shaped head with, um, with whiskers on the bottom for a goatee and, a, and, and eyes closed. And that was, that was his. And, and um, so, so he was really nice. And obviously, I'd, I'd read one of his books a long, long time ago called The Thirteenth Juror, which I really enjoyed. Um, got to meet Steve Martini, who is a, another one of my, my favorites. Just unfortunately, he doesn't write a lot of books. And I called him on it. I said... Uh, the problem is it takes too long. And he says, yeah, I know. He says, I, I write them. I know how long it takes. I, I'm sorry to my fans. They have to wait as long as they do. Um, but that's the way it goes sometimes. But so I said to Steve Martini, which is true. This is a true story. And I, I told this story twice. I told the story to Steve Martini and I told it a little bit later to somebody else. And I'll get to that. I said that, um, I said that he and Scott Turow are the reasons why I went to law school. I said that um, I had read Presumed Innocent when I was uh, 13 years old, and not too long after that, I read Compelling Evidence, uh, which was um, uh, Steve Martini's first really commercially successful book involving Paul Madriani. And those were the two reasons why I went to law school. And I said that I, I very distinctly remember still the opening chapter of Compelling Evidence, which was Paul Madriani going to um, an execution in the gas chamber in San Quentin. And Steve Martini and I had asked him, would you sign my book? And I'm telling him this while he's signing my book. And he stops and he looks at me and says, I just got goosebumps. He says, well, I, goosebumps when you told me that you still remember the opening chapter of that book. I said, yeah. I said, I don't remember a lot of books. I don't remember really intimate, specific details of the books. So I said, but that one stuck with me. I specifically remember that opening chapter. And he said, oh, it's you know so great to hear it. I'm really happy. It was so nice to meet you. And he signed it. It's always great to find fans and readers and, and just a nice nice man. I, I really enjoyed meeting him. Uh, Lee Child finally made his appearance, and uh, I, I cornered him at his table, and he's a very, very tall man, and he signed my book, just a, a best wishes. But I said that I, I admitted I, I came to the Jack Reacher series pretty late, only within the last couple of years, but the benefit of coming to a series so late in the series is you don't have to wait a year for the next books to come out. And he starts laughing. He says, so you can binge read them all. I said, yes. I said, that's exactly what it is. I binge read them all. I don't have to wait for everybody. I don't have to wait like everybody else does. Of course, now we laughed because now I do have to wait because I'm all caught up and books only come out once a year. But uh, very nice. Um, took a few pictures. Wasn't very talkative, but that's okay. It, it's not that bad. Um, Jeffrey Deaver was one who, um, I th he, he kind of got a kick out of him, and I had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit after as well. Uh, he obviously wrote the uh, Lincoln Rhyme books and, and The Bone Collector, which we talked about. And uh, I, again, used the same spiel about the great thing about Face Off and having an opportunity to read all these other stories. And I said that... Um, I said that I'd, I'd read The Bone Collector. I really liked it. I'm going to look to read more of them. And he, he was happy about that. I said to, said to him, I said, well, my wife and I flew in um, Wednesday morning and we took a cab from the uh, a cab from the airport. And he stops what he's doing and looks at me and he starts laughing. And I said, yeah. I said, I, I had to tell my wife that the opening scene of The Bone Collector is a husband and wife and they're in a cab and they don't fare so well. <coughs> Excuse me. So he he thought that was uh, he thought that was pretty funny, and I'm surprised that you know that's his first book he's written whatever it is 15 16 of them that he remembers the 
the story that I'm alluding to when I say we were in the cab on the way from the airport. But he he signed uh, signed the book, all best wishes, and he even drew a picture of a bone for me, um, which I thought was was kind of nice. Very nice man. Obviously, he's got a ton of books, and he mentioned I have a lot of reading to do, so I have a lot of reading to do. Um, got to meet Linda Fairstein. I don't remember too much about her story. I think her story was the one with Steve Martini. And uh, as you know, I don't typically read a lot of um, women authors. I don't know that I'm that excited to read more of hers, but she, very, very nice older lady, surprised, um, signed the book actually to Amy and I and said it was great to meet us at Thriller Fest. So took pictures and she actually held up the book in the picture that she took, which um, I thought was pretty nice. We got to meet R.L. Stein, who, <laughs> very, very funny man, and he was on a couple of the panels that we saw the next day. Great sense of humor. And uh, he was complaining about his placement on the floor because he was all the way in the back corner where it was dark and nobody comes over here. And he, was, he really was sitting there by himself, kind of looking around, wondering why nobody was coming over to his table. And so we came over and I, I told him that I really enjoyed his story in Face Off with um, Lincoln Child and Douglas Preston because I, I really enjoyed um, the way that, that they, it was really written specifically for the readers of those stories and, and Slappy, the, the ventriloquist dummy, and, and obviously Aloysius Pendergast. So he signed sent the book Scary Best Wishes, and, uh, and off we went to the next one. Uh, saw uh, the aforementioned Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. They both sat together at their table and um, took a picture with them. They both signed the book. They didn't say anything. They just signed their names. But I did say that I, I was a big fan of the books. I said, I, I don't have any questions for um, Agent Pendergast. And the, the interesting thing that they like to do is they, um, every once in a while for their, their readers who subscribe to their email newsletter, they will send out uh, an interview that they have with, with, uh, uh, in, with Agent Pendergast. And it'll be a, a transcript. You know, we finally tracked him down. We had an opportunity to ask him some of your fan questions. And then they, they recite so-and-so from Mississippi had this question, and they ask a question, and then Pendergast answers it. And he's usually very, very ornery, and he, he's abrupt, and he says he doesn't have time for these stupid questions and things like that. So I mentioned I, I didn't have any questions for Pendergast, and they said, great, because he'd probably be you know upset about him and wouldn't want to answer them, and he's tough to pin down and all that kind of stuff. And I mentioned that I, I enjoyed their story in Face Off, that I thought it was my favorite because it was written specifically for the fans of the books, and um, very, very nice. Uh, Douglas Preston actually um, participated in a couple other panels the next day, so got a, a chance to hear um, more about him. The one that I was really, really excited to meet, and uh, you're probably going to be surprised by it, was Peter James. And Peter James, the author of the Roy Grace series, and I had read um, one of the books called Dead Like You, which was, I don't know, fifth or sixth in the series in preparation for Face Off. And Roy Grace's character interacts with John Rebus, who is Ian Rankin's character. And for whatever reason, Roy Grace is the character that I, of all the, the new characters I met getting ready for Face Off, um, that was the character I wanted to read more of. And, f and I just developed a, a, a strong affinity for Roy Grace and for uh, Peter James's writings. And in fact, um, I tweeted at him, because I'm a geek, I tweeted at him that I was looking forward to meeting him at Thriller Fest, and this was a couple months ago. And he tweeted back, uh, looking forward to it as well, or something like that. So he's finally seating, because he had been milling around and, and um, 
engaging with other people. And he finally gets to his table and I sit down. And I say, um, of all the people that are here tonight, you're the one that I really wanted to meet the most. And he's got this look on his face like, what are you talking about? Why me? And I told him the story about how um, I was getting ready for, for face-off, and I was trying to read as many different authors as I could, and that I picked up Dead Like You, and I don't typically read out of sequence in the series, but um, I picked it up, and I so thoroughly enjoyed it that I picked up the first book, I got the second one coming, the third one I already have, and and that I'd already read the first book by, by the time of the event, and that I was really, really excited to meet him, that I really felt um, that I developed a, a, another new favorite author, um, and so I, I wanted to tell him that. And I even mentioned, geek that I am, that he that I tweeted at him and he tweeted back at me. And he thought that was fantastic. And he was really excited. And and he he signed my book and he signed it to his, his Twitter friend. And he said, here's my email address. Where, where are you from? I said, uh, Los Angeles. He says, well, here's my email address. I'm in Los Angeles a lot. Let's get together for a drink. Now, what? I, I, speechless. Really? The, I mean this doesn't happen but this this is what i was hoping would come out of this event because i i've been to other events where it's just here i'll sign your book and move on but an opportunity to spend even just a couple of minutes with these people to talk to them to tell them what you think they love this stuff they want to hear that that readers like what they do they want to hear that people are enjoying it they want to hear when people have visceral reactions to their writings and i never really expected that i kind of hoped that was the case but i've you know i've met uh, um, movie stars and tv stars and they're so full of themselves and it's all about them and it's all about how great they are and they don't really care if you like them or not and nobody wants to be the chris farley you remember that time in that movie yeah that was cool but that's kind of how I felt when I was going through this event. But it wasn't just, remember that time when you wrote that book and it was really good. It, I felt like I had more to say. I felt like I had, a, a, I had true reactions to the books or the characters that these people would like to hear. And, and Peter James truly validated that. Um, I mean, they all did. They all really validated it. Because it wasn't just I'm walking from table to table getting a signature. I actually had something to say. I actually had, you know, story or um, a snapshot of where I was when I read and, and what I felt. And I thought that that, was, that made the connection that much more interesting and, and exciting and enjoyable, not just for me, but, but for them as well. Um, so, so Peter James was truly a thrill, seemed like a really nice guy. He actually moderated a panel the next day and I thought he did a fantastic job. And, um, and so even since then, I've now read the second Roy Grace book. I'm now in the middle of the third Roy Grace book. I've got the fourth one coming, fifth one coming. I'm, I'm going to catch up really, really quickly because I, I so enjoy the character and I so enjoy the writing. We caught, uh, F. Paul Wilson straying away from his table. I don't think he really wanted to sit down. So we caught him, F. Paul Wilson, who created the Repairman Jack series and the Adversary Cycle, I think, is the, the entire universe of, um, of his books. Um, so caught him. Again, same spiel. I'd seen Repairman Jack novels for a while on the bookshelves, never read them, but in preparation for Face Off, had an opportunity to read the first one, and I really enjoyed it. Yada yada, the same spiel. Very very nice man, and he drew a picture of a face. I don't know what the face is. Looks like some sort of a goblin or a gremlin or whatever it is, with a, a high rob and a, a dialogue balloon, 
and uh, and sign the book. Um, we we wanted to go meet Ian Rankin, and he was standing at a table with these women, and they were just being belligerent, but but drunk and you know that kind of thing, and they were kind of woo girls, which I thought was kind of weird, and. And so Amy and I are just standing and he keeps looking at us, but he's talking and, and there's another guy who he's talking to and they're talking and we're just standing there. We're just waiting because they're at a, a high top table. They're not at, at his table, you know, up against the wall and we're standing and, and the, the other gentleman looks and says, are you trying to, do you want to beat him or whatever it is? And yeah, he says, oh, well, let me get out of your way. And the girls just kind of shut up and, and Ian Rankin comes to us. He says, how are you guys doing? What's going on? Yada, yada. I explained the same thing. I'd actually read the first John Rebus book a while ago, and I really wasn't that keen on it, but I think I'm going to try again. The great thing, these authors, whether they they understand what they did or not, they, they had the opportunity to create new fans, not just by virtue of the face-off book, but by virtue of the whole event. Because a book that I may not have liked that much, or I may have thought it was okay, like the first Ian Rankin book, or even the first Jeffrey Deaver book. Because I got to meet them, because I got to experience their personality, because I got to feel some modicum of warmth back from them, it made their books more attractive to me. Or, yeah, I, I think I do want to read more. Yeah, I, I think I might want to read another Ian Rankin book, because guy's got a huge, huge library, fantastic history. He was on a panel the next morning where he was just fantastic. So it, I kind of got this feel like maybe I do want to read some of these guys again. Maybe I do want to pick up the next Lincoln Ryan. Maybe I do want to look at the next John Rebus. And, and Ian Rankin was incredibly friendly, and he drew a picture of uh, a hangman. <laughs> so it's a, a hangman hanging from the uh, hanging from the noose, which was kind of interesting. Um, Heather Graham, who we talked about, wrote uh, Let the Dead Sleep, one of the last books I read in preparation for Face Off. She was sitting in the back corner by the bar, and she had a pretty long line. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to get her signature or not, but I figured since we're there, um, might as well do so. And Heather Graham, if, if you're not familiar, she's written like 100 books. I mean, it, her, her catalog of books she's written is ex- amazing. And it's romance, and it's science, you know, uh, mystery, and whatever else it is. I mean, uh, Harlequin romances, and I mean, the woman is just so well written. So we finally get to the the front of the line, and I tell her the same spiel, the same thing I've been practicing, exactly the same way. And I say, so I read Let the Depth Sleep, and I said, I really enjoyed it. I said, I enjoyed the mystery, and I enjoyed the romance, and I enjoyed the, um, and I can't remember now what the word was. Because it's it had a um, there's like a mysticism to the book, and I, I can't off I I had the right word then, um, it was the the whatever it was, man, I can't remember. It was good at the time. Um, anyway, so I said all these things to her. I mean, this is a woman who's written like a hundred books, and she stops what she's doing and she says, "Wow, I really appreciate that. It's so wonderful to hear." She acted like nobody had ever said that to her, and she was so grateful to hear it. And here's me, just a dumb schmo off the street who read a book and said I liked it, and and she really could. You could tell how great how grateful she was to hear that. And she signed a uh, really nice thank you so very much. Signed her name, dated it. Um, and took pictures. Seemed like a really, really nice lady, and um, kind of, kind of an interesting thrill to meet her, just because of the reaction that she had to me. Um, got to meet T. Jefferson Parker, not somebody that I'm familiar with, uh, other than the the Face Off book, 
but um, he, he had an interesting signature uh, for Robin Amy. Nice to sign this graph paper for you. And he was uh, kind of uh, um, uh, upset with us that we didn't bring the face-off book because he thought that we should have brought the book with us to have everybody sign. And Amy was, yeah, you're right. I thought about it, and then I forgot, and I'm kicking myself for not doing so. Me, I'm sitting here thinking, I've gotten pretty much all or quite a few of the authors have personalized greetings to me in my book that they wouldn't have had room to do in the face-off if they all had to sign that together. Um, so that was pretty much the end of the event. And um, things had been wrapping up. A lot of the authors had left. They had to turn in because they had early panels the next morning. And Amy and I leave. And we walk out to the, uh, the hallway outside the banquet hall and I go to the bathroom and Amy needs to sit down because it's she's tired she's in high heels we've been carrying this this satchel of books this, this canvas bag of books all around for the last hour and a half two hours I was sweating inside my jacket I'm sure and so I said Amy let's go and she says wait a second give me a minute I gotta rest so 10 seconds after that Scott Turow walks out and he walks right by us, and he's, he's talking to a woman. I don't know if it was his girlfriend or his wife. I'm not sure. And I look at Amy, and I, and I mouth the words, holy shit, it's Scott Turow. And I turn to him, and I say, I'm not sure if you're off the clock, and I'm not supposed to talk to you. And he laughs. He says, no, 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 no it's fine. And I said, I need to tell you the truth about this. I said, when I, I said, I'm going to date myself. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to date you too. And he says, well, you'll probably be dating me more than you. I said, okay. I said, when I was 13 years old, I read Presumed Innocent. And I said, and that's what made me want to become a lawyer. And the woman he's with, her jaw just about hits the floor. And he says, really? And I said, yes. I said, I didn't want to be a criminal lawyer. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. I said, but... It was something about the way that the lawyers thought and spoke and constructed their arguments. I said, that's what I wanted to learn how to do. That's what made me want to go to law school. And if you ask around to any of my friends, they'll tell you that this is the God's honest truth because I've told that story numerous times. Not just because Scott Turow, the author of Presumed Innocent was standing, the creator of the legal, thr the modern legal thriller, without whom there would be no John Grisham or Steve Martini or fucking anybody writing legal thrillers. Not because he was staying there, but because it was the truth. I've told that story, and I t and and to be able to tell the story to him, and he said, "That's amazing." He said, "Well, that's," and I said, "So I blame you, but I also thank you." And he thought that was funny, and and. I said, can I get a signature? Absolutely. And he signed it with all good wishes to a fine lawyer and reader. And he signed my book and, and then off they went. And Amy's, you know, taking pride in herself that she was still tired. She needed to sit down, that we stayed 10 extra seconds that uh, the Scott Turow came out. Now, I, didn't, I don't know if we would have had an opportunity to meet him the next day. He was the featured speaker um, between 1130 and 1230 the next day. It was an interview with him by Douglas Preston, a one-on-one -on -one in the Grand Ballroom. And I'm not sure if he would have been available for signings. But that, a true thrill. I mean, that was the, the him and Peter James and Michael Connolly and Jeffrey Deaver and Preston and Child 
just having the opportunity to meet all those people, Linwood Barclay and Lee Child, Steve Barry, these guys who, these people, I mean, Linda Fairstein, Heather Graham, these people whose words I've read and have been impacted by, influenced by, entertained by, um, was truly a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity to do so. Um, Amy was was uh, picking on me because as we were leaving the event, as we're walking out and the, the event is winding up, um, we walked past Michael Connolly's table and he still has a little tent pull, the tent pa- placard up with his name on it. And he's already left. There's you know only a stragglers, a few stragglers still left. Oh, uh, I'll tell you a second. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that story in a second. As we're leaving, there were some people I wanted to ask questions of, and one of them was Jeffrey Deaver. And so he's talking to a couple of, of women, and they're drunk, and they're yapping away. More woo girls. I, you know what? I didn't understand this. Where do woo girls come in that they're fans of reading? I mean, I get they're music fans or they're movie fans, but they're reading fans? What are they doing here? Made no sense to me. But anyways, these woo girls. So Amy goes to the bathroom at, right before the, the Scotch Row thing. And um, and uh, and I'm waiting to talk to Scott to, to Jeffrey Deaver. Now, meanwhile, I'll finish the story, of Michael Connolly, because the timing of it was right. We're leaving. She's going to go to the bathroom, and I am deciding I want to ask Jeffrey Deaver something. And Michael Connolly's placard is standing at his table, and I look around surreptitiously, and nobody's around. And I take it. Shh! Don't tell anybody. So I have it. For whatever good it is, I, it's his name on placard, you know, eight and a half by 11 piece of paper that's folded lengthwise in half to make a tent. Um, but I have it, so don't tell anybody. Don't turn me in, please. So Amy goes to the bathroom. I'm waiting to talk to Jeffrey Deaver, and finally he he gets free. And and I said to him, do you have a quick second? He says, yes. And I said, I, I wanted to ask you about your choice of Lincoln Rhyme, the character being paralyzed, being in a wheelchair. Because as, as you know, you've listened faithfully over the past few months that I had a really difficult time with Lincoln Ryan being in the wheelchair. Um, it, it was very uncomfortable. And in fact, in the face-off story with Lucas Davenport, um, Lucas says the same thing to him. Lucas says to, to Lincoln Ryan that uh, he felt uncomfortable about the wheelchair and, and uncomfortable about the disability. And so I, I wanted to ask Jeffrey Deaver, why? What was the idea? What what was the concept? Why did he choose to have his hero, his protagonist, be in a wheelchair? And he said that when he was thinking about creating a new character, he had seen too many of the the heroes in books and movies, TV, who always save the day physically. That for whatever situation they're in they're tied up they're chained up whatever it is they find a way to get out and they beat the bad guy and they're they they save the day and he wanted somebody who wasn't like that um and he'd given thought initially to having um lincoln ryan be tied up um but he didn't feel that that was a a significant enough detriment or disability or or hurdle for him to overcome and so that's why he decided to put him in a wheelchair. And, and he had to go at that point, and I didn't get the chance to say 
how uncomfortable I found it because of the reasons we already discussed. But I thought that was a, a very good answer. Um, the next day, I saw him at the bookstore, and he actually was buying his own book. <laughs> and I said, really? I said, you're going to buy that one? And he turns to me and says, yeah, I heard bad things about this piece of shit. You don't want to read it. And I thought that was interesting. It was just funny. Good sense of humor. So uh, you, know, you take all that together and you say, wow, maybe I do want to read more of these books. That these authors did what they, they set out to do, I think. That they, they, they're gaining readers every day, um, one way or the other. So Amy and I ended the evening that way. And, um, and then the next day we went to some of the panels. Um, the first panel of the morning was with Steve Barry, Douglas Preston, Ian Rankin, John Sanford, moderated by John Land. And it was called uh, How Important is High Concept and Where Do You Find It? And it was a fascinating topic. I don't really remember anything that anybody said. I can tell you that the moderator, John Land, who's an author that I've, I've seen before, I've never read him, um, I, I don't know whether I've never read him because I don't want to or I'm not sure if he's a techno thriller or, or, or whatever it is, but he did a phenomenal job running that panel. He had so many um, successful people on that panel. When you talk about how many millions of books John Sanford and Ian Rankin and Douglas Preston and C. Berry have, have, have sold... And the fifth guy, Boyd Morrison, who just got hired to continue writing the Clive Cussler series. You have so many talented and successful people. And John Land did an outstanding job giving them all airtime, asking them probing and pertinent questions. And, and they did a phenomenal job on that panel, just an enjoyable panel. Um, the second one that we went to was called 666, Is It Possible to Write Great Thrillers and Not Be a Secret Sadist? That was moderated by Peter James. And um, Steve Martini was on the panel. Another really good panel. Peter James was great because he inter interjected some of his own stories, um, which was which surrounded some of his research, the the stuff that he went through in writing stories and and some of the research he did to get insight into the um, the predicaments or the the nefarious plots that some of the bad guys were in. Um, and a another really enjoyable, really enjoyable um, panel. Then there was the uh, the the. One-on-one -on -one interview, Douglas Preston and Scott Turow. Um, there was the the next program we went to was um, no, we didn't. We took the break. We went. We didn't go to the one o'clock panel. We took a break. Went got lunch. Went to the two o'clock panel, which was called "Do You Always Stick to the Facts: Breaking the Law?" with John Lesquois and uh, Steve Martini. So got to hear more from Steve Martini again, um, somebody that I I truly enjoy reading. And John Lesquois, they were they were great together. Uh, then there was the the major panel. Uh, do you still love what you do? An interview with the Thriller Masters, and this was really the the capper of the event. David Morrell, Anne Rice, R.L. Stein, and Scott Turow. You got the creator of Rambo, the creator of the modern vampire. You got the creator of the Goosebumps and the creator of the modern legal thriller, all on the same panel. They did a fantastic job, outstanding, very very enjoyable. Um, and then the last panel we went to is is the Cold War hot again? And I. Joseph Fender was supposed to be on that panel, but he had gotten sick and, and was not able to, to go to the panel. 
and that was it that was the extent of of thriller fest for amy and i um i did end up finishing vanished by joseph finder and i really enjoyed it i liked it i wasn't sure i was going to because i'm not really big on financial espionage which um there was a, a large portion of that in this book i didn't realize how well published joseph finder is how many of his books have been adapted into movies um, how successful his books have been. He's got a brand new book out now called Suspicion, which looks fantastic. There's a second Nick Heller book that I'm going to go pick up, and I think he's working on a new one. And um, just a great opportunity to meet these people, to read more of the books, by, to read new books. Um, as we were leaving, Steve Martini was signing, and I stopped him, and I, I told him again how enjoyable it was to meet him, um, how much I enjoyed Paul Madriani looking forward. And I, I got to ask him a question, which which really is a question that had been plaguing me when I say for 15 years, it's been plaguing me for 15 years. And in, in the third or fourth book, I think it was a fourth book called Undue Influence by, uh, with Paul Madriani, we've got... Um, Simeon Chamber was number one, Compelling Evidence was number two, The Judge was number three, I think Undue Influence was number four. And in the fourth book, um, Paul Madriani faces a lot of hardship. And amongst the hardship he faces is the death of his wife to um, cancer. I think it was cancer. It wasn't a violent death. It was a, a, I think it was cancer. And it bothered me. It bothered me at the time. And um, as, as each, as each new Paul Madriani book comes out and I'm reminded of the fact that his wife had died. It, it bothers me. And so I, um, I asked him about it. And I said, the decision to um, have, your wife, have Paul's wife die. And his immediate response was, it was a publisher's decision. And I looked at him and I said, really? And he says, yeah. I said, the publisher got to the point where they said, either have her die a violent death or have her die natural causes, but have her die. I said, really? I said, you know, it, it was very difficult for me. And he said, it was difficult for him as well. And, um, and so I, I thanked him again um, for the opportunity to meet him, watch his panels, that kind of thing. And, um, and, and that was the way the, the Thriller Fest weekend for Amy and I ended. So um, just a, a great, great opportunity, great time, memorable experiences. I look at the pictures of me and all these authors and I, I just go back to that event and, and just just the glee and, and the geekiness factor of it. But it was okay. You know, there are times when you you're, you can't be a geek. You really you gotta man up. Um, and then there are times when it's okay to be a geek and this is that time. You know, everybody's at Comic Con this week or this weekend. It's okay to be a geek. Um and for me, that was my Comic-Con. That was my opportunity to, to, to meet my heroes, to meet the people I love, the people that, that I love, the people whose books I love, the people who entertain me, the people who, who their, their characters are my friends and I care about them. And, and I've developed a tr an a, a attraction to them, an affinity to them, where I, I, I am impacted emotionally by what happens to them. And... To meet the people who created those characters and, and create those wonderful experiences um, was an experience that I will I will remember for a very very long time, and um, so I, I've now come back and I finished the the Joseph Finder book. I read the second Roy Grace book, Looking Good Dead, and then I did something that I never do, never do, is I finished one Roy Grace book and I rolled right into the next one. Now usually I need a break. 
I'll read a book by an author, and even if I want to read another book by the same author, I will take a break. I'll put something in between. I don't read the same author back to back. But I just finished Looking Good Dead, which was about 500 pages. The next book um, is about, called Not Dead Enough, is about 600 pages. And I just finished one and started the next one right after. And I'm about a third of the way through Not Dead Enough. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a whole bunch of other things coming up. Um, but I think that's it. That's my recap of Thriller Fest 2014. And I'm still jazzed about it. I'm still enthusiastic. I'm still encouraged. I'm still energized by it. And uh, I think that's what the event was supposed to be. So Amy and I are going to figure out how we can get back for next year, but I'm not sure. We'll keep our fingers crossed. So that's it for me. This is Rob Cohen for Book Therapy, and uh, thank you very much for uh, thank you for letting me lie on your couch.